When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breakfast with Gary and Tim. Having a great day today. Um, the music not so good. That's uh, Wisps area, but he'll have a better... Next week will be better. Better selection yep. next week, and then we'll finalise what our new song for 2023 is going to be. Who decides what the song will be for 2023? Is that your decision as well, or does it go above your head? You know... In fact, there's not too many people above you, your head. You know, anything to do with music has got nothing to do with me. I ain't got no idea about it. So then Bang! Boys, line up! Hey, this, this weekend, this weekend, can you do that? me a favour? When you're on your tractor this weekend or you're on your mother's... I'm going to be able to do it this weekend. Well, maybe if you're not. But even if you're lying down in bed... Just go to, go onto Spotify and oh. just bring up a little bit of Chris Stapleton. He's the guy that sang the national anthem at oh, the NFL Super, Super Bowl. Unbelievable! You'll like it. It's a big. He's country has and western. You really like. Has it. he got a song we could have? Yeah, probably. Well, we, he's not. He's probably not uh, upbeat enough for us first thing in the morning. Righto. So tell during, me what you got. Let me read this story from New York Post. During last off season, CBS Sports executives recognised some of the luster of Tony Romo's NFL analysis had faded, and as a result, they say something of an intervention. Um, so then they go on to say that they reckon he was off the boil when he first burst onto the scene. He was just renowned as the best in the business, but they said, no, something's going on. So two executives at separate time flew to his home in Dallas, sat him down and went through tapes and said, you know, yep. you've got to get better, blah, blah, blah. He's working with Jim Nance. Um Colin Coward is a, a big name. Well, he's there. the equivalent... Of Kane uh, Corns over there in America. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's good. He reckons this. He's, he's, he's got a theory on what's happened to him. He said, uh, I've used this theory for years. I'd interview people I was going to hire. Mm. He said, I have lunch or coffee with them. I always say, do you love golf? I love golf. Do you love golf? And if they said yes, I wouldn't hire them. He reckons guys, <laughs> as they get older, become <laughs> obsessed with golf. And all they do is worry about playing golf, which Romo is an unbelievable golfer. Yes. So he reckons the golf's got to him. Yep. And uh, the which, lustre's come off him. Which is extraordinary because when we get to what we are going to talk about this morning, mm. this particular person plays a hell of a lot of golf. Does he? A hell of a lot Does of golf. Does he? Every second day he's out there on the golf course. Right. So this story was about was around, and Tim's listening to this. And then yesterday you listened to some of our Drive Home show, which is unbelievably entertaining. Excellent show. I'm asleep most of the time. Not that doesn't put me. Well, yesterday you you had other problems associated with your health. And you think that uh, as a result of one particular interview you heard that Hutchie may have to fly back from India for an intervention Mm. on what basis? Well, have a listen to this because this is Andy and uh, Gazy talking to (laughs) the newly appointed solo skipper. Of the GWS Giants, who, Toby Green. Who was the captain last year. Who was the captain last year. This year he will be the captain at, or sole captain. Have a listen to this. With you, with the whole captaincy thing, uh, do you really have to change much? Uh, although technically you may have not carried that label, I'm sure you're exuding those leadership qualities anyway. Does this now come – does this mean you've got to change anything in the way you're going to go about it? Well, technically, he had carried that label for the whole of last year, which is all right. And Toby, being the yeah gentleman that he was, didn't say, "Hey, 
I was captain last year, you know. He just played along. He played 36 holes yesterday, apparently, before he did the show. <laughs> yeah. Then he, he, so then you, you said your ears pricked up and said, hello, Gazy doesn't realise he was captain. Like, this was his second question. Do you feel it comes uh, adds a, a bit more pressure to you personally? You've got to think of the heroic speeches. You've got to do other bits and pieces that stereotypically we think goes along with being the captain. Does that... Does that phase you at all, any of that extra burden that you might have to carry? <laughs> so, again, Toby, being a gentleman, didn't say, I made speeches last year when I was captain. <laughs> so you reckon... So Hutchie was listening in. And you Appar- reckon it was I reckon a- he fired a text in via the temper text because by the time they got to the end of the interview, this is how well, he... You reckon there was a, a, an intervention during the interview? <laughs> That's right. Have a listen to the end. Toby Green. Well done, Toby. Captain mm. of the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Beautiful. Soul, soul, single, that, that's just soul captain, soul captain that's the difference. Soul captain. Yes. That, that's the, <laughs> the difference that, that he got an intervention on. This is, I'll tell you how it would have went. Uh, ring, ring. This is in the producer's, <laughs> in the producer's booth. Ring, ring. Hello. Hachi here. Tell him he was captain last year. <laughs> <laughs> and push the button. Crazy. He was actually co-captain. Oh, yeah, right. I knew that. I knew that. Yep, that nice. So, there's he plays a lot of golf. Yeah, there's an intervention. He does play a lot of golf. Have you ever known anything like that to happen? Have you ever had any? Have you ever had the sit down? Have you ever had the bosses call you in the office and sit you down and say, "Look, you know, I think your game's just a little bit off. Look at the look on your face. As if, as if we not not from a media point of view, but in my my very very early VFL career. So this is the under nineteen days. Under nineteens. Reserves seniors, right? right. Brassy's coach in Melbourne, Ray Jordan, the great Slug Jordan's coach in the seconds and the thirds. Right. I'm 15, just turned 16. I'm I'm a, the skinniest player in the AFL. That's me. I'm about 70 kilos. You were you skinnier than just Robbie Flower because he was there at the same time. Were you yep. skinnier than Robbie? Yeah, it would have been. So I go into the weight wow. room, and so that's clearly the mm. emphasis for me. And mm. I would go into the little weight room at the back of the MCG, and there's. John Fidge and Ted Fidge, are, yeah, they're benching 140 kilo. I, I couldn't, I couldn't bench press the bar like without any without weights any on weights it. on it. Yeah, I'd never done a weight in my life. Right. So the natural reaction for me was not to go in there. <laughs> so and then uh, I got called in. Right. Do you know how daunting it is to get called in by Ron Barassi and Ray Jordan? I can imagine. So no, that was the only intervention I've had. What about you? Um. No, not like that. Not like that. There's people that give you advice along the way about uh, the job that you might be doing, but yeah. uh, not like that. I never had the bosses fly in and say to me, you know, this is what you need to do. Sit you down, go through the tape and that type of thing. Mm. But, it, it, you know, like if you're not producing in this business, then you need some feedback, don't you? 100%. And that's one of the things that, you know, all the guys that come out of footy and go into the media, and uh, that's the one thing all of them complain about when you sit down and have a chat to them is they've come out of an environment where they're getting feedback all the time and they're having their performances appraised yeah, and they're yeah. sitting down looking at a tape and doing that sort of stuff. They problem. get into the media and they think, where's all the feedback? Yeah. How come nobody's telling me what I'm doing or doing right or doing wrong and I never hear from anybody? Does that mean I'm doing a good job or does that mean that I'm not doing a good job? I just like to hear from somebody occasionally. It's a good. It's a really good point. And that, I always say that, boss. Just tell us. This, this is what we do. This yeah. is, we've had that all our lives. They're all happy. Everybody that comes out of the game is happy yeah. to get feedback. I think sometimes they can, oh, if I give feedback to somebody who works in the office, not from a 
sporting background. Yep. They've got to tiptoe around, whereas we go, well, no, I'd rather tell us. So, If you were to give me some feedback, what would you be giving me? Like, I can take it, whatever well, it is that you've got on your uh, mind. Let me write this down for Tuesday. <laughs> feedback for the wisp, because I'll need a few days to, to collate my thoughts. <laughs> Richard's on the road. Good morning, Richard. Go for an hour. <laughs> morning, gents. Welcome back. Thanks, Rich. Um, I uh, talk about interventions at a, you know, a midway point, even during the radio. Uh, I reckon the greatest one ever in Australia was um, Kerry Packer. Yes. Um, he used to change, uh, pull people off air midway through his show, and that I have it on good authority that he actually had a, uh, a line in his office that uh, midway through a cricket game, he'd make a phone call, and next thing you know, plays would be... Uh, Swapping uh, one bowler on, one bowler off. Uh, just one phone call. <laughs> Is that right? I don't know whether he could make uh, bowling changes, but the phone in the production rooms of, or, yeah, wherever the sport yeah. was or the newsroom, there was uh, allegedly a red one, which was the only one man when it rang, you knew who it was. And there's the famous story about him and Ernie Sigley too. Yeah. When Ernie Sigley was... Hosting uh, is, that the, is Number that the one. the peak of his powers hosting the nighttime show, yep. and apparently wasn't treating those around him as well as what he might. Yep. And he flew down. He said he needed him just to stick around after the show and stay in his dressing room. And he flew down and have a chat to him. Is that right? Sacked him and sacked him. Yeah, no, this is in the book. I mm. read, read this in the book. They got a car. Ernie was like Bert Newton. Yeah, the yeah. number one man. So he sent his car, picked him up, took him to Spring Street, I think, where he had a penthouse. Up he went. He said, righto, don't like the way you're dealing. Out. Sacked him on the spot. Unbelievable. And he didn't he sack Mick Malloy on the live? Didn't Wasn't Mick doing a show? And No. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes, you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, you're right. I, I think, I think you are right. Um, just on the point, the serious point about um, Toby Green. What do you think about the appointment of love Toby it. Green as the sole captain love it. at GWS? I do too. Love it. I'm a, what do you love about it? Um, well, it just when he when he was uh, captain when he <laughs> when he took over as captain or when he captain took on that responsibility, it just looked like he grew. And you wouldn't give it to Toby when he was trying to work out for himself, mm. you know, what was important. Yeah, you know, and by his own admission, I, I saw him interviewed and he said, oh, yeah, I stuffed up plenty of times along the way. So you wouldn't have given it to him when he was 22 or 23. Mm. But now that he's – this is, you know, this is his 12th season? Yes. At the Giants? Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. So um, he just got it written all over him, I reckon. And, and the Toby Green you see when he's out there playing and uh, sometimes he gets a little bit frustrated or whatever, that, that can appear from time to time. But if you talk to people – that are associated with him. Yeah. I know people who are his friends. You're his friend. And, and child, no, well, yes, you are. I've got a different relationship with him, Gary, but um, <laughs> people that have known him all their lives and, you know, the way that he treats his friends and his family and that type of thing and his teammates, he's very much a loved figure yeah. and a leader in the dressing room and yeah. always has been. Yeah, exactly. Um, was it Doug Mulray? Was that who Doug the, Mulray. Yeah. He's the one that got yeah. um, taken off here. Um, I've got another Hawthorne, right? Yeah. They blew up again in an intra-club practice game. Which is my point. All intra-club practice, mate. No, I wouldn't say all. Yeah. Back in our day, back in, well, you, can only, you can only talk about your own experiences. My own experience with intra-club practice matches, were tough, blokes were a hell of a lot tougher in intra-club practice matches than they were in real matches. Why did you think that? Well, because I knew they, they were fighting teammates, so they'd be push and shove and mm. occasional biff, but you knew they were teammates. No one was going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so all this, yeah, and then you go, okay, <clears throat> I, I would say, 
to myself privately, all right, all of a sudden, you know, you've got tough. Let's make sure that we see it when we play the opposition who aren't just going to give you a pat on the bum and a cuddle when, after the game. Doesn't happen not too often. So all this stuff about Hawthorne being unsociable, getting back to the unsociable tough Hawks, that might be the case, but I need to see it against an opposition, not against your mate. Which bit do you want to see, though? They're not going to be fighting out there, surely. That's not the well, bit you well, want to see. What's your definition of an unsociable hawk? Well, it's just aggressive and yeah. gnarly and yeah. all those things. They would never help anybody. Like, there was nothing. There was no smiles on their faces when they played against the opposition. I They clearly identified that they were the enemy. That's the way they went I'm about I'm more things. Alan Border than uh, Steve Smith when it comes to this. So do you think that's Sam Mitchell's instruction or do you think that's something it, that players might have just taken on hey, board themselves? If it is, good, great. Reserve your judgment. Yeah, don't, fans, don't, don't you know, say, fans, you know, don't fans say oh, they're back tough, mean and nasty because they're having a little dust-up with their mates. Wait, let's wait till we see it against um, Geelong or fans something like love, that. Fans love this, you know. They really do. What? Love love their teammates having a bit of a push and shove. Yeah, they do. No, fans love seeing their team yeah. exhibit all these oh, characteristics yeah. no, when I'm they play. You. They I'm do. They you. really do. And if that is the way they're going to go about it, Hawthorne, great. Let's see it against an opposition. Don't, don't pass your judgment and say, oh, I tell you what – this young Hawthorne side's tough and mm. nasty and uncompromising and unsociable. Why? Oh, I saw them playing against each other. <laughs> that's not that's not where you make your judgment, Wiz. <laughs> uh, we need to take a break, but when we come back, there are no, there's a couple of other things we need to talk about. The other, one thing I want to talk about and put out there mm. is, you know who Matthias Philippou is? Who? Matthias Philippou. Yeah, from uh, Saints. Yeah, the kid that's been recruited by the Saints. And there was a lot of discussion around him, and some clubs and recruiters thought that maybe he was a little bit cocky Mm -hmm. and there was too much. What did Ross say? Well, this is what I want to talk about when we come back. Because you did a well He had had some very interesting things to say about him yesterday. I'll be the judge of that on the other side of the break. Breakfast with Gary and Tim. This is not the song I thought it was. Great to have you with us. Uh, Tommy Harley still to join us this morning. Darren Bennett's going to join us. Georgie Samuels as well. Questions without notice. Uh, the Wisp in his guise as the number one Channel Wisp interviewer with his new segment on the news. What is it called? One-on-one with the with What do you call it? AFL Inside with the Crisp. Yeah, Inside AFL with the Crispy. <laughs> with crisp. <laughs> crispy. You've, you've done um, – so far you've – Good morning to Ruby, by the way. <laughs> yes, you've done uh, – who did you do first? Oh, uh, Brad Scott. Brad Scott yeah, left then, a little bit on the table, not much. No, and then last night you went and sat down. Yesterday with, I went to midday. Oh, it hasn't – it's on here tonight, is it? it might be on there tonight. It might be on there tomorrow. I'm not quite sure yet, but uh, sat down with uh, Rossi Lyon, who is a great chat. He really is a great right. chat. And what was it this? got a bit hot in the sun, but it was great. You got a bit heated? No, we got a bit hot. We're in the sun. We're oh. outside in the sun. Oh, a little bit hot there. Oh, no. I get a bit of a twitch every time I go back down to Moorabbin too. I'm not at my best. <laughs> <laughs> and but I did, I tell you what, did he drop any little pearls for he us? He did. He well, did. give us one. I'll give you – I'll just tell you this because um, I was interested in this kid, uh, Matthias Philippou, because around everyone thought he was just too cocky, like his answers to questions. Not everyone, a few people. Well, a lot of people did. You know, like a lot of – I think a lot of people that were potentially recruiting and think, oh, you know, maybe this kid, he's not the right kid. Ross made the point that the last time people spoke about that was – Christian Petrarca. He said, look, I heard the same criticisms of Christian Petrarca many years ago. He said, how's he? Great point. He said, how's he um, uh, performed over the years? Which is a great point. But 
He said, look, I, I, I love it. And this is for St Kilda fans. He said, I love this kid. Like, he's he's fantastic. Great. He just wants to be an AFL player. Mm. You know, like he's running his – I think he said something like he's in the uh, – for endurance, he's in the top half dozen at the club. <laughs> yeah. And I said to him, the big question, which is the right question to ask, is will he play? Will he be there in round one? And he said – You'll have to watch Channel oh. 7 News to oh. find out what the answer is. <laughs> no, he said that he's more than a good chance really? of being in the team. Because he's very young too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, no, he is. So that's that's great news for Saints fans because uh, it looks like they might have uh, a beauty. A beauty. No, that's good. Um, what are you laughing at? I was just, I'm just reading stuff that comes through that always tickles my fancy. Do you really think, Gary, that being angry and snarly affects opposition these days? Is a bit they're a bit more smarter than old time footballers. That's from Rowan. I'm only talking for myself, Rowan. I'm, I'm saying that's how I like my players on the edge, but not all players are comfortable being on the edge and I'm smart enough to know that that's the case. But I like them a bit snarly and gnarly. Mm. That's more the player I like. Yeah, but you want them snarly and gnarly at the right times, don't you? My whole, like you just my, want them to be super ultra competitive. My when whole they play. point. I don't reckon um, being snarly and gnarly with you too. As someone says, like sparring with your with your brother, although you mightn't like your brother. So when you get in the ring with the opposition, which that's when you need yep. to be competitive. Hey, um, Anavisto, on this weekend, you've got a small, yeah. small non-financial share in the horse? Yeah, I've got an emotional share What's in the, the horse. Well, uh, she comes back well after a spell, trialling very, very nicely at the moment. They're happy with it. That's all I can say. Uh, Raquel Welsh... Yes, uh, this is sad. Yeah, yeah, sad. She what? one of your um, pinups? No, but I reckon she may have been. You know, in the old days when there were photos, used to go to a toilet somewhere out back somewhere. I reckon she was probably the number one um, <laughs> picture hung what, in, in the toilet. Well, in the number one toilet. Well, pin-up. you know, like I used to work at uh, my uncle's uh, petrol station or Caltex service station yeah. in Dimbula, yeah, yeah. and there was the calendars up. You know that. Used to Playboys. Well, no, no, that's what you told me. No, you no. said they used to put the pen. No, you, 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 you no. Said no. You, if you had known my uncle Bill, no, this would never have been the you case. You told me you Bill. also had the paper run and you used to get in early and pinch the Playboys. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. No, well, I didn't. No, others did. Others did. Others did. And yeah. they would hide them in the Herald Sun. And <laughs> <laughs> Heart Balm was a big day when you were a paper boy back in the day, too. Heart Balm. I think that was a Tuesday that used to come out in the truth. Um, yeah, but no, she would have been. She was idolised by many, many people around the world. Many, it, many people. Yes, sad, very sad. Is it common knowledge who's the highest paid player in the AFL? Not that I care. I couldn't, I don't really care, but some people do, so we can have a chat. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Would it be Dusty? Would he be the highest paid player in the comp? He's the highest Maybe it's common knowledge. I don't know. Player. I don't, doesn't I think um, the names, I think I wrote them down, the names that were mentioned as uh, million dollar players. Buddy? Were Dusty, uh, Tommy Lynch, Nat Fife. Jeremy McGovern, Tim Kelly at the West Coast Eagles, Brody Grundy, Buddy, Jeremy Cameron, The Bont, Clayton Oliver, and Christian Petrarca, and Toby Cornelio and Josh Kelly. They were the names that I read yesterday. As what? They're the million pluses? Well, that I, I don't know how accurate it was because I don't know whether or not anybody knows no. for sure who's on a million plus. But, you know, you bring around, you ask a couple of agents, you speak to clubs, you know, like if you if you were speaking to a football club and you're saying, okay, well, we had a real crack at Canelio. We offered him you know, a million bucks and then GWS topped it. Well, there's your information that he's been that paid a million bucks. That's how it works. Of course All it right. does. Any on that group that are overpaid that you wouldn't pay a million plus to? 
Uh, you know, is there one name that jumps out at you of all those players? That's what I, I just asked. Yeah. No, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I, be perfect. Yeah, there I prefer is you me. to be in the story than me. No, there is. Yeah, well, which one? Jeremy McGovern. Yeah, same one for me. Yeah. yeah. But when you think about the importance of somebody that fulfills the role of playing a key position One premiership, player, and arguably. One, yeah, yeah, exactly. You say, well, money well spent. Will you be putting your you put you put your money? You look at those guys there. So you've got uh, Dusty midfield forward, right? You got Lynch key position. Nat Fife yep. mid. Jeremy Govan key position. Tim Kelly mid. Brody Grundy ruck. Buddy key position. Jeremy Cameron key position. Bont Oliver Petrarca Toby Cripper would be in there. He apparently is in there or roughly around that mark now. Yeah. Jeremy McGovern, when he signed that, was probably at the peak of his powers and then hasn't been, hasn't, mm. may not have played up to the price tag since then. Would that I be think fair? he was a bit injured. Uh, yeah, he has had some injuries. Yeah, he's, he's lost a- some weight over the summer months. Did, that, did they, the corn put the cat amongst the pigeons again? By talking about players and oh, their he, I remember last year he reckoned they were unfit and overweight mm. and, um, mm. and then the West Coast Eagles, as is the want of clubs, they don't really think. They just fire back and they said, oh, I just shocked job. Pick, pick, pickle, we don't listen to anything they say. And then Luke Shuey comes out yesterday and goes, yeah, probably right. We probably weren't fit enough. Mm. Great pleasure, Corn. He's, he's on fire again, Corn. Hey, here and Jared. Oh, tell you what, 5.30 they start. 5.30. That is... It's a good show. Just oh, get it's a on good there show. and listen. If you want to listen to Sports Show from 5.30, 6 o'clock on... Oh, well, if no, you're not watching the Channel 7 News, that is. No brainer. Yeah, ta- both going at the same time. I tape it. Um, do you? Do you really? If you were Lockie Neal, mm. would you be happy with the Zork coming out saying that Hugh McCluggage is the man to replace me? How's that going to go down in the club rooms, in the shelter shed? Mm. That's an interesting point that you raise. It's amazing how many people who play the game have their eye on being the captain, isn't it? Well, who's got their eye on it? I'm just saying, in general, it's amazing how many players that you play alongside and players across the competition. Uh, like, everyone likes to think that they're going to be the captain. Like, everybody that ever gets to elite level would, I think, harbour the ambition of being a captain. Do you? I don't think, I don't necessarily agree with you. I'm not disagreeing. Oh, you've been I'm for not, the sake of being I'm not ornery, disagreeing for the sake of Just because you've got a little bit of a bite on your backside, <laughs> that's troubling you. You're moving around your seat. You can't concentrate on what I'm saying. Now you're going to be ornery about what I am saying. Premier League, Arsenal and Man City, 1v2. Uh, you don't know the score. Tune out. Arsenal just scored, so one all, half time. Hey, uh, the Ramble recorded yesterday. It's live on our SEM Breakfast podcast page. You can uh, get episode one. We're just, we're just finding our feet, but I did go into the Wisp and uh, that whole incident situation, and oh, did it go? You went a bit hard on me, I thought. Did you just go bang? So you can have a listen to that. So go to SEM Breakfast on whatever podcast app you use and you can see the ramble and then you can have a listen to it. Tommy Harley joins us. Uh, I don't know how you rate your year when you get to a grand final. It's a superb grand final, but didn't go exactly to plan on the grand final day. No, it's still a good year though. Um, I had a look at their facility, their new facility. If... You've had any, if you're a Sydney Swans player and you've got any issue about getting out of bed and getting to training, then there's something mm. wrong with you. Because that facility, compared to some of the ones that we've enjoyed over our time as a player, unbelievable. Is there a special yoga centre there as well? No. They no. still travel to the on-site yoga place. Tommy joins us. Uh, welcome to 2023, Tom. 
Uh, thanks for having me, Gaz and Tim. Great to have you guys back on the air. I've been listening since Tuesday. No disrespect, obviously, you're uh, summer <laughs> fill-in, but um, enjoying your work. Uh, on your Tommy. You're very kind, mate. Um, hey, I saw the video of that new facility oh. you got down there. That is just extraordinary. I know it's been a long time in the making. Yeah, it has, Gaz. The, um, the club, I guess the board in particular, have been focused on finding a, a, a really solid base for us in the Moore Park precinct and... Um, uh, a lot of heavy lifting to get to the point we are now. And, it, I mean, it is extraordinary. Um, we're very grateful to have a facility. Last time I checked, the weights still weigh the same in the weights room, so we need to remember that. But yep. it's, a, um, it's a pleasure to come to work and uh, certainly giving everyone a lift in the, into the start of the season. You know, do, do you reckon it helps to attract players to a club when you've got facilities like this? Yeah, I, I, I can only assume so, Tim. Um, and that's just from talking to players and, and obviously when you hear about players move from clubs and... Uh, we haven't had that leave it a really poor. We sell the city really hard. We think mm. it's a fantastic place to live and play football. So um, time will tell. But certainly when it comes to retaining talent, that's what our, what's been our focus over the last couple of years. And to have this on the horizon um, has been a, a really strong selling point. And uh, I know the players, both men and women, um, are really enjoying the facility. Hey, Tommy, uh, it was a grand final disaster. Is the club ready to move on? Yeah, oh, we have to. We, it's 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 pretty pretty for, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, we we I guess the key focus for us almost immediately was was literally getting around each other, and and we're extremely fortunate to have John in the driver's seat as the coach. He's, he's not many things he hasn't experienced in footy, and we do have a lot of experienced footy people in and around the playing group. Um, so we you know we got around ourselves, and and our focus as a club for the last couple of years is literally to get better today uh, than we were yesterday and so it's a very incremental focus and um, you know I'm a bit of a pragmatist I'd rather have the experience than not um, and you know whether it clearly wasn't the, the winning experience but uh, we need to at the right time pull those resources out of our kit bag from that experience and get better. Before we talk a little bit more about the Sydney Swan, your name still keeps coming up as a possible AFL CEO. Is it all been put to bed or are you still in talking with the AFL or people that are you know, recruiting the CEO? Where's it all landing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit unfair to talk about the process. And, and I did say, oh, it was probably sort of nine months or so ago, um, I was approached to be involved at the start and I'm unfair to comment on, on where it sits now. But I, I think, you know, firstly, absolutely laser-focused on, on the swans at the moment. Um, enjoyed that interaction um, that I've had. Uh, but uh, I think for, for everyone's sake, it would be good to have it resolved. Um, certainly through the footy department, I think, you know, there's a CEO role that's obviously yeah. vacant, but it's the flow on to the head of footy, which has now been vacant since Brad took the role at Essendon. I think that's, uh, you know, there's, there's emergency about these appointments at the moment. Is that a concern for you and other CEOs across the competition, that that role in particular hasn't been filled yet? Oh, look, concern might be a bit strong, Tim, but it's, it's a really important role. There's obviously there's the competition management. The reality is that'll go on, um, and there's some really capable people, in particular Laura Kane at the AFL, who's responsible for that. It's more the liaison and relationship with the football departments and, and you know talking to the coaches, talking to the GMs of footy um, and the CEOs when they get involved just about where things are at. Um, and that's I, I think that's a lot of that work gets done behind the scenes of I guess the, the fans don't necessarily see, but it's highly appreciated and respected from the club. So that's that's the key part. That's probably uh, the gap that needs to be um, filled going into the season. Beautifully answered and diplomatic as always. And we find it staggering three or four weeks out that there's not a CEO or a footy manager. But anyway, we will move on. The lizard We've gone down with a bit of glandular fever. How bad? And when? What's it mean for him? 
<laughs> he's uh, not too bad. I saw I saw Liz yesterday. Um, Nick Blakey, he, you're uh, talking about. Sorry for those that don't know who the Liz is. Yeah, Nick yep. Blakey. Um, he, he's, he's working his way back into training, so a really mild case of it. Certainly, that's the way we're we're treating it and the way it's presented. Um, you know, we we start our our I guess our, our match simulation games against opposition next week, starting against the Lions and. Um, uh, he'll, he'll hopefully get a run before the season starts, but he's uh, you know it's three weeks that he would have preferred not to have had to shell, but uh, mm. that's that's the case. And um, but no, long term prognosis, medium term prognosis, he's fine. Everyone, I mean, you can't do an interview with the Swannies without talking about Bud. And I mean, mm. last year was great; it was fantastic, a magnificent celebration. I wonder. Well, we'd have to talk to him, but I'm sure you're in constant contact with him. Whether. What his mindset coming in, and yeah, you know, the fact that the grand final didn't go his way either. But that's always the case when you're a big gun forward like that, and your team's not getting mm-hmm. the ball forward. I mean, what's his sort of in your own mind? Do you think his attitude is to this year? I, I hope he he's not overloading himself with pressure and expectation, and that he can just contribute mm-hmm. in the manner. But maybe it's a bit hard to do when your name's Buddy Franklin. Yeah, if, if there's one thing I think he's probably become reasonably equipped to. It's dealing with pressure and. Oh, to be fair, knowing him well, obviously, and seeing him up close, that's when he's at his best. Um, he he, and it was interesting going through that process last year. And he, you know, I know there was a lot of speculation as to what he was going to do, but the reality was he he's a deep thinker, he's a family man, and he made a considered decision to play again. Um, and he's only going to do that to compete and ultimately want to want to win. That's 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 Lance's modus operandi. So that's the way he's, he's he is at the moment. Um, he's obviously thirty six and. Um, we have to manage loads going through, but uh, but but Lance will be ready to go. And um, you know the, the the reality is he's clearly close to the end and the start. And um, you know we've got to bring a Logan McDonald through as an example, and a few of our other younger key forwards. So um, he'll play still a very important role. Whilst we hope to see some um, some development from some of the guys who've been playing under him for the last couple of years. We're talking to Tom Harley, the Sydney Swans CEO. Uh, you brought in Leon Cameron too to look after your academy. How's all that working out? Yeah, it's working really well, Tim. And and we've got um, 800 boys and girls in the academy. And one of the things in this new facility is, and we'll have to have you two fine gentlemen come yeah. up for a bit of a personal tour. Love to. Um, yes. The grass the grass is artificial as opposed to to real, so we can we can walk work our way through that. But the um, the one of the beautiful parts of it is you everywhere you look, you look down onto the centre field, and so you see all this activity and. Come five o'clock, the boys and girls start to come through from the academy, and it's really exciting for the development of the game. And Leon has made a really significant imprint. He's been in Sydney now for over ten years. He's had um, three kids uh, grow up through Sydney footy, junior footy, and so he's really well accustomed to um, uh, the junior needs, if you like, for the game. So he's doing a terrific job. We're currently negotiating a fee for the Noosa President's lunch, so you can you can nearly work that in at Sydney Swans visit on the way up, whispers. Yep. Share the can share the flight if you want to get up the front. Aaron Francis, how's he going? Talented player, yeah. um, former bomber, of course. Mm-hmm. How's he settled in? If you turn he's him into a great, I'll tell you what, Tommy, I'll be having harsh words with you if you turn him into a great player. He's he's um, he's settled into the club really well. Settled into the city really well. Um, he's playing half back. We've got. Um, we've got a couple of players that I guess are competing for that type of spot. Obviously, Paddy, um, as a key defender, intercepts the ball as well as anyone. And we think that's a, a really great development next step for Nick Blakey as well. So he, so Aaron's in that mix and he's um, he's training at a, at a high standard. And uh, one thing I'm really proud of our, our boys in particular um, is 
they train hard. They 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 know how to work hard. Um, and so Aaron's not alone. He, we're all um, all the boys are working extremely hard, and he's uh, he's fighting for his spot for sure. Hey Tommy, do you think the four umpire system is going to have a huge or minor impact on the game this season? Uh, I'd be hard. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to think it's going to be huge. Um, but in, in in being truthfully honest, I haven't thought too much about it. Um, uh, look, it'll it'll. I can understand the rationale for it. Um, clearly, we we want to um, have the game as officiated as well as possible. I think we all have to be open to the fact that when humans are involved, there's going to be human error. So I'm I'm all open for for looking for the best ways to reduce that. And and, and I think importantly, taking a bit of that mental toll off the umpires. You talk about pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a high-pressure job. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. And broader picture, the Tasmanian situation, where, what's your stance on that and where, and where do you think um, it will be in six months' time? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's looking really positive. As I understand it, the stadium piece is, is the, the really important part and um, not privy to discussions as to how that will be funded. But um, as a club, we've, you know, we've, We've been we are supportive of the team in Tasmania on the pro, on the provisor that it that it's given the best opportunity to thrive and 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 I think if we can tick all of those boxes and, and as I understand it it's it's basically there um, I think it's a great thing for footy and um, you know it's a, we all know the romanticism about Tasmania but um, you know I, I don't I'm in, probably in a slightly different school of thought when it comes to player retention and attraction I, I don't think they'll have an issue with that. Um, but how it impacts the rest of the teams with regards to list build is obviously a key watch for the existing clubs. Hey, just one final thing, Tommy. Uh, you've always been really kind and generous with your time. When you become the CEO of the AFL, will you still be the same way with us? <laughs> I don't think we'll have to worry about that, Tim, but um, but a- abso- absolutely. I'm, I'm interested in your music. I'll have to tune in on the uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the show. So, um, Have you got I- a suggestion? To find anything. Well, I'm struggling to find anything on my playlist that's Produced post nineteen ninety nine. I went to the Chili Peppers the other night. Tim, you might be able to take a few of those uh, songs as part of your promo. Yeah, no, we've had a look at the uh, the. What did you think of them? Because a lot of people have said to us that they thought that post Malone, the support act, was better than the Peppers. Mm. Well, I, I, I hate to say it, I, I arrived a little late and missed post Malone. Oh. Um, our coach is a big post Malone fan, but he. Um, uh, no, the Chili Peppers were good. They, I think they took the feedback on board from their early set list and just pulled out a few of the big ones from the 90s. So, no, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Too. So you, you came in post-Malone? <laughs> <laughs> on my Pat Malone, too. There you go. Oh, Horses and, and still embracing the, the whole yoga culture up there as well? <laughs> we actually do. I, I did hear your preamble. We do a lot of the yoga on the internal field, and um, it's an open invitation for you both, um, Right. to come up and be involved in our yoga Pilates program. We may very well take you up on that, Tommy. You're a star. You're always good to us. Um, pick up the phone and you're there, and we wish the Swannies a big 2023. Thanks so much for having me, guys. All the best. Tommy Harley there. The Swans, when can you go up there? Um, we'll talk about that after the break, and we'll talk about this too because what? I sent a message to uh, my doctor, and oh, he's yeah. responded, and I'm going to give you an on-air consultation from him via the text message when we come back. Face about time. Spider-Bot. He yeah. wants to do a FaceTime consultation. <laughs> he does. We can go up this. Can this? This is what we'll do. You go. I'll talk to Martin Lewis. We'll go up, and you can do the news from up there, mm-hmm. and the one-on-one with the crispy with horse. Uh, that would be a good idea. A good idea. And while we're doing that, you can do a one-on-one with a yoga. You could do a, a yoga session while you're up there. I'd like to you do can burn a, a candle one-on-one everything. with Lizard, my new favourite player. <laughs>